Hey all, you all, you all, you all. Uh, this is Hal Aaron Cohen, and welcome to my podcast, Tales of the Road Warriors. I think this is going to be a fun show. I'm talking to a guy named Jay David. Jay is the drummer for, or was the drummer for Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show, who skyrocketed to fame with uh, Sylvia's mother. And uh, I think most people actually recognize the cover of The Rolling Stone. Recently, Jay rewrote the cover of The Rolling Stone, and since we're all getting up there, he changed the words to the cover of the AARP. So uh, we're going to be talking to Jay in a little bit. Uh, and some of the things we talked about, uh, my flooded basement apartment. I live in a basement apartment. There's like a sump pump right outside the front door, and it didn't work. So I woke up, and I was surrounded by like a lake in the basement literally had to like get one of those shop vacs and like suck the water out one bucket full at a time it was a living nightmare and the um this smell like my last dog my present dog uh you know that their their fur like starts to permeate the rug so when when the rug gets soaked it just reeks <laughs> And there's no circulation down here. It, it was it was a mess. So um, for whatever reason, you may not be able to understand some of the audio in the beginning of our conversation. Don't tune it out. It gets clear again for the remainder of the show. Um, I'll, I'll fill you in on what we, he was talking about. He was telling me how he started at the age of two, singing at the uh, singing for the Horn and Hardits Children's Hour. Um, I don't know if you remember Horn and Hardits. It was like a food service automat where all the food came out of vending machines. And I remember how my mom would never let us go in there. She used to tell us, you won't like anything in there anyway. And I wasn't crazy about eating baked beans. I hated baked beans. So they were famous for that. Uh, or you could see like a slice of pie that had been sitting inside one of the vending machines for God knows how long. So I, I didn't mind the fact that my mother never let us eat there. But anyway... Jay went on to say how he started uh, out banging drum beats on the dining room table and annoyed, annoyed the hell out of all the people with his incessant drumming on everything. And he eventually took lessons, but he got bored because, you know, like when you take lessons, they teach you all the fundamentals and it's like learning math. So uh, he decided to just teach, learn, teach himself drums by just listening to songs. And, and later on when he taught drums, he did the same thing. He would have his uh, drum students bring him the records with the songs they wanted to learn, and he would just teach them to play those songs. Now, I know some music teachers who hate guys like that. If you're not teaching the fundamentals, they look down their noses at you. Now, personally, I think there's room for both teaching styles. I mean, hey, what's, what's wrong with learning to play your favorite songs? Uh, then we swapped some stories about his mom and Frank Sinatra's mom, um, Drum corps competitions. Uh, he sh gave a shout out to some of the uh, drum corps here in Pennsylvania. Made a particular note of one called Riley's Raiders. I looked them up. They're in Willow Grove. So anyway, you know, and we, we, we just went on to talk about a lot of stuff. I uh, put some links to the videos that we talked about. Last Morning by Dr. Hook. The Last Morning was a song that uh, actually brought Jay's attention to the band and said, I, I got to sing with that guy. I, I love this guy's voice. I'm going to play with him. So I think that's very cool. Got uh, links to the cover of the Rolling Stone. 
and uh, also a link to the uh, cover of the AARP, which is the parody set to the music by Shel Silverstein. Uh, also, um, he's working on a project uh, about shelter dogs. Uh, when I spoke with him, he was going to put some video up on his Facebook page. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, stay, you know, keep checking in for that. That'll that'll definitely uh, appear here in the show notes when he posts it. If you like my um, podcast, you know, I hope you'll uh, share it with your friends and uh, you know uh, tell people about it. I have a live podcast coming up in a couple weeks on July 21st. It's a Sunday, 3.30. If you're in Philadelphia, I'll be in Center City, uh, 5th and South Street at a place called The Tattooed Mom. 3.30 in the afternoon, a live show featuring Lizanne Knott and her daughter, Sierra Grace, and special guest, Dan May. Lizanne and Sierra actually sang backup for Dan May, all three of them are songwriters in their own right. It's going to be a great roundtable discussion. So um, there's that. I got a conversation with Bobby Malone, who plays keyboards with John Fogarty's band. That'll be coming up. So I got all kinds of good stuff planned for the Tales of the Road Warrior podcast. Without further ado, let's, uh, let's talk with Jay David on Tales of the Road Warriors. Hello, hello. There I was, 30,000 feet. Yeah, no parachute. That's you. I recognize your voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, how's things, how's things back in Philly, man? For most people here, pretty good. For me, uh, I live in the basement of a house, and it got oh. f- flooded yesterday. I woke up to, like, oh. to a lake. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Wow. Yeah, That's and it brings terrible. out the smell of my dog when it starts to dry. <laughs> so the guy who owns the house, he lives upstairs. He's renting a uh, back a carpet cleaner for later today. Uh, uh, what part of Philly? Uh, I I grew up in northeast Philadelphia. I don't know if you're familiar uh, with Philly, but well, let's see. I play I played the Latin Casino. I played. Uh, she was. I played uh, oh a, a number of a number of places in Philadelphia. Yeah, my orientation to the cities I've been to are the venues I played at. So if you ask me if I went sightseeing uh, slightly in not very many other places, you know, yeah, uh, my orientation my orientation is is skewed. Like <laughs> yeah, so most of the places stuff. you played in Philly were located. Um, Probably downtown, Center City, Philadelphia. Hang on one second. Okay. Okay, I'm back. What did you do? Row across to the other side of the room? Something like that. No, I, I, I row. Yeah. I, well, I got the I'm fans sorry. going full time here, and the, I, I hear uh, the fan background noise, and and. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought I better turn that off. Okay. I'll put up with the smell. Yeah, 
for an hour. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm used to it. I live with the dog down here. He sleeps in my bed, so it's like no big Oh, yeah, sure. Nice. Nice. What's his name? Bowie. He's part Siberian, so he's got one blue eye and one brown eye like David Bowie. Oh, I see. I think term, in terms of rock and roll. So I, like my, I had a little Cocker Spaniel a couple dogs ago named Joey. Uh-huh. Because I named him uh-huh. after Joe Cocker. Was he a little spastic? <laughs> no, actually, he, he was abused. Oh. Somebody had thrown him out of a car window. Yeah, well, I was bartending at the time. I had just lost my golden retriever like a year before, and I just couldn't, didn't have it in me to get another dog for a while. Yeah, right. And when I finally got around to thinking, you know what, I'm going to get another dog. So I put the word out with my customers at the bar. Uh, Anyway, uh, one of my regulars came in, a girl, I think her name was Renee. Anyway, she said, are you still thinking about getting a dog? I said, yes. She goes, well, I was on my way to school, and someone had thrown a little dog out the car window and and everybody was standing on the sidelines going you know, like trying trying to get to him before he got run over she said i got to him first uh, but i can't keep him uh, so i took him to a shelter and if you're still interested uh you can go online and here's this shelter number and so i did i, I looked him up and he was a cute little guy you know but he had issues yeah, and good. no wonder why yeah. whoever owned him yeah, had a nasty yeah, boyfriend right. who was kicking him around i got it yeah Oh, wonderful. I wrote a song about, uh, it's called The Shelter Song. Uh, yeah, so that's new. That's a new one, right? Yeah, that's that's sort of why I wrote the song, you know. To, it, it's from the dog's point of view. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to post it today on Facebook, I think. Or at least a teaser of it, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that's the type of stuff I'm currently writing. And... Uh, I intend to back in the studio as soon as the studio comes. Uh, so, Jay yeah, David, um, I go. I, I play music, so I get requests sometimes uh, for. I, just recently, uh, somebody asked me for a cover of the Rolling Stones, so I started playing that again in the last couple uh, of months. And then your name came up oh, from uh, Steve Joyner. Good guy, Steve. But uh, well, let's talk about you though, because I don't know if everybody who listens to this knows who you are. Talk about uh, Dr. Hook and your your uh, your musical uh, history. Well, my musical history began when I sang on a radio show in New York City. I'm from Bayonne, and uh, so I sang a radio called the Horn and Hardart, which is a chain of automats. It was on every Sunday morning, and so I went over there and sang for those folks uh, when I was two and a half. So I, I evolved rather early. Uh, you were two so and a half years old and singing for the Horn and Horror's radio hour? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What kind so, of songs were you um, singing at two and a half? Uh, the only thing I remember is one, Z, two, Z, three, Z, four, Z, five, Z, six, Z, I love Z. Some song <laughs> where I learned it, I went to bed. Uh, but anyway, uh, um, that's how I started. Uh, I always, always did music. Um, to exclusion, sometimes comfortably, family, uh, everything else, you know, as one of those kids would ask my sister to drink a little bit more milk. Uh, because her glass was at a tip of salt, was on a radio, you know, which I would, I'd everybody, I'd take my fork and my knife and, and I would tap on everybody's plate stuff, you know, made them crazy. But um, 
I, I, and amazingly, I got a job teaching drums, and uh, because I didn't have a formal, had I took maybe five lessons, and um, but I I came up way that like a, a person came in and their doctor had suggested take drum lessons because they broke their wrist and and in order to help heal the strong persons. So I, I thought about it for a minute or two and then I said, Well, what's your favorite song? And they told me what it was and this is back in the days I'm fifteen, mind you, so the forty fives the record is forty five RPM. I said, What's your favorite song? And they told me uh, uh, a little Richard song. And so I said, well, Br next lesson, bring that record into me and I'll teach you how to play the drums on, on that record. And so they did, I did, they loved it. And people started coming in, taking these type of lessons. So it wasn't a matter that the reason I, I left lessons was because it, it was, uh, okay, now you're going to play quarter note triplets and you're reading them on a page. I, I later got involved in, in rudimental drumming very heavily, but at that time, I wasn't interested in reading anything. I was interested in playing. And so uh, I figure other people are too. Uh, you know, it, 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 it would have been too dry like it was for me to teach quarter notes and half notes and eighth notes and sixteenth notes. That's it's too dry. Uh, it's mathematics, really, anyway, at that level to me. Right. But musicality, musicality meant everything. So I would teach them their favorite songs, you know. And uh, um, so that that's what I did. And then I got involved in drum and bugle corps. And uh, you guys down in Philly had some great corps. You had a, a wonderful corps, which I think is still going, called the Riley Raiders. Uh, out of Philly, and uh, I'll have to check wonderful. it out and see if they're still around. I, I don't know offhand. Yeah, yeah, the Riley Raiders, and uh, there were a number of great, great cores from, from uh, Pennsylvania. Great cores from Pennsylvania, and anyway, I got involved in. Uh, I uh, played in Carnegie Hall with my drum corps, and uh, all over played uh, contests all over the United States, and. Uh, I got to win an, uh, a, a championship for tenor drum, which is a snare drum without the snares, and uh, you play it with mallets. And uh, uh, it's, it's rudimental, rudimental drumming as well, uh, but I took to it at that point, so uh, I knew what I was doing by that time. Uh, and then I, uh, then I went into the Navy, and the Navy said, uh, Mr. David, you... Uh, you uh, we see that you have a long history in drum and bugle corps. Uh, are, are you going? Do you intend on being in the Navy drum and bugle corps? And I said, no, sir. I'd like to. I'd like to be a hospital corpsman. Uh, I had the urge to be of assistance and help, so that's what I did. I went to a hospital corps school uh, up in the Great Lakes, Illinois, and uh, and then I I went to St Albans Naval Hospital in Queens. Uh, which is now a VA uh, hospital, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, I, that's what I did. I worked uh, in upper chest in thoracic surgery uh, for two years. And then when I got discharged, I uh, I started working drumming. Uh, the reason I chose St. Albans 
because uh, they gave me a choice of duty. I, I mean, I could have said Road to Spain and had a great time, I'm sure, but I wanted to play drums on the weekend, uh, even when I was in the Navy. So I chose St. Albans, which is, you know, I'm living in Jersey City by this time. I'm stationed in Queens. And so, you know, it was everything was close by. Uh, so I managed to play a little bit on the weekends. And when I got out, uh, when I got discharged, I uh, started playing in clubs with pickup bands and um, I was in a high school band, you know, and uh, uh, I did all the stuff that everybody does. And and uh, and I was playing in a nightclub called The Wagon Wheel uh, on West 45th Street in New York City, which was uh, run by the Colombo family. They that, well, they were the silent owners, uh, the mafia family. And uh, it was. I have no down. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. All right. I'm just kidding. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, There's a restaurant anyway. uh, in downtown Philly, Columbo's. So uh, you know, we're, we're familiar. Yeah. No. Well, this, no. This. I, this wouldn't be the same family. <laughs> Frank Sinatra used to eat at Columbo's, so I think it's the same family. Oh well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, my mom was friends with his mother, Dolly. And Dolly Sinatra, and uh, because my mom was working in Hoboken, and Dolly still lived there, and that's where Frank's from. And uh, my mother and Dolly Sinatra cooked up a plan to set me up with a a date with uh, Frank's daughter Nancy, but I chickened out. <laughs> oh, really? I, I, yeah, I, well, I, I hear her out. boots I, were made for walking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of these days these boots are going to walk all over you. Yeah, or you, um, or you. I think that's what you uh, might yeah. have been afraid of. Yeah, it could have been his intuition. <laughs> uh, well, it wasn't that. I never met her, but uh, I just, uh, I was just shy, still shy at that point, and um, we got over that. How old were you? I was girl shy till like after high school, so I can relate. Yeah, I was about, I was about. 14 or 15 and she was a couple of years older than I and uh but I I didn't like my mother and her mother setting us up with a date right we had no say in it you know what I mean it was like that's a bunch of crap you know I didn't like it so I didn't I didn't do it so anyway I was playing uh at this club on West 45th Street in Times Square uh in in New York City and uh this agent, who surprisingly enough, his name was Hal, as well as yours, came up to me and said, Jay, uh, uh, Brenda Lee uh, is looking for a drummer. How'd you like to be Brenda Lee's drummer? Well, I don't know if you know who, Bre you must know who Brenda Lee is, right? Oh, yeah, well, is that all there is okay. comes to mind first. But... Yeah, all right. Uh, so I, I said, well, sure, that was my first opportunity at being part of a international star ensemble. So they flew me from JFK airport down to Jackson, Mississippi. And you, you want to talk about culture shock. I felt like I was, when I landed, it was like I was 20 years back, you know, it was really weird. Uh, still segregated. It was crazy. Uh, and so I, I learned two one-hour shows that afternoon that I landed and played them both that night with her. And uh, so it was good. It was very good. I, I enjoyed it. You know, it's funny you mentioned yeah. Mississippi. Uh, I was 
when the internet was young and people first started learning how to burn CDs and you know make MP3s, I, I had a friend uh, who worked for uh, Virgin Records, and they were starting right. an online radio station, and they sent me to Mississippi. Oh to burn the entire collection of blues from a professor there at the University of Mississippi. Oh, uh, that's great. That's so great. That must have been wonderful. Yeah, and he put me up in this little hotel, and there was a little bar up the street. So after the end of the day, I went in this little bar, and, so I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, Mississippi, uh, was it Mississippi or Missouri? Now I, now I don't remember. It began with an M, and it was known for, you know, but it was known for being kind of backwoodsy. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, so I'm thinking like that. So just as a joke, I said to the guy behind the bar, I said, you guys got any Grateful Dead? You know, he was playing some CDs through the bar's sound yeah, system. Yeah. So I just jokingly said, you got any Grateful Dead? He had a collection of dead like dead bootleg cds from like every concert they'd done since they started oh man good for him uh, well, the, <laughs> dead, the, the dead never uh minded that in fact they would help you plug into the board so yeah they encouraged better... they yeah they encouraged it and that, yeah. that's how they promoted themselves yeah yeah bobby's been a friend of mine for 40 some odd years and uh uh, Weir, that is. Yeah, and, uh, uh, Weir. Uh, and I later played drums with Merle Saunders. You know Merle Saunders, Jerry Garcia band? Uh, uh, and then I got fired. And uh, <laughs> and then I... Uh, and uh, and they never even gave me money to fly me back home. I got fired in Reno for making everybody laugh on stage. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. Uh, so they didn't... So I, I flew myself home. And... Uh, uh, what did I do? I became the staff drummer at Mercury Records, uh, doing all uh, of the Mercury Records had a publishing wing called MRC, and uh, I would play the demos. They had about 70 writers or 75 writers that they would pay a week or 50 bucks a week. I don't know what it was back then uh, to write songs, and they would bring them to uh, this fellow. Uh, named Joel Diamond, and Joel would decide whether they should do a demo of that song, and then they would shop it out to artists, and that's how that all worked. Um, and I would play the drums on all of those demos. So I wound up playing the drums on, on the demos, and then I started uh, singing and drumming on those demos. It came to, I heard this band uh, a produ uh, lots of producers were coming in and out of uh, Mercury at that time, and, and this one producer came up and played me a demo of a, of a, a band called Doctor Hook that had just formed and were looking for a, a drummer, and they and uh, this guy played me uh, a song called The Last Morning, um, and it, the guy the, the singer's voice. I said, I got, a, I got a drum with this voice. I don't know who he is, but I got a drum with him. And it turned out to be Dennis from Dr. Hook. I went and I, I went and sat in with them. They were playing in, in New Jersey at a club, and I went and sat in with them and uh, became the drummer. And uh, that's how the Dr. Hook thing started. Uh, right. It was originally so, uh, the, the, formed by Ray, uh, Dennis and Ray? Ray Sawyer? Uh, no, Ray and George and Bill... George actually formed it and named it. 
And then uh, I'm told I wasn't around then, but uh, that uh, Bill and Ray came up from the south to be part of it. And then Dennis was a local kid, lived right around uh, Union City, which is where the band was playing. Uh, and um, so they got me, and uh, that was the original five of us. And we're the ones that signed the deal with Clive Davis. Uh, but um, we did oh, a, I, Now, that's a good story. Uh, I, I just read that recently. I, was, I think I was reading Wikipedia, and Clive Davis in his bio talks about what happened? Well, we went up uh, uh, to the Big Black Rock, the CBS building in New York City, and uh, uh, we got to the, I don't know, 90th floor or whatever it was, and uh, uh, all the way up to the top is what I'm trying to get to. And um, they let us down, uh, and Clive and one of his vice presidents met us at the, the, the doors of the elevator, and... Uh, we knew who he was and he then met us. And so we walked down the hallway uh, to this rehearsal room where there was a stage with instruments all set up and two chairs. And the two chairs were where Clive and his vice president were going to sit there and, and decide whether we had a future in the music business or not. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I figured, oh man, if he, if 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 that's what we got to do, we're gonna he's gonna throw our asses out. So I said, uh, excuse me, Mr. Davis, where's your office? He said, we're right across the hall here. And I I walked in and and everybody turned around and followed me into his office where I I picked up his tray. He had a a, a marble shaped uh, 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 it was shaped like a U, and it was marble, beautiful desk. I went, I went uh, behind his desk. I said, you mind if I play this? And I turned his trash can upside down and put it on the desk. And uh, I was playing his trash can. And uh, you, you were using the trash can as a drum? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so uh, Dennis pulled out an acoustic guitar uh, and we uh, sang whatever we sang for him. And uh, we signed a, a three quarters of a million dollar deal that afternoon. So, uh, he liked it. He liked the fact that we, that we did a, I, you know, I, the, I was scared. You I, thought I, outside I mean, the we, box is what you did. Yeah, I guess so, man. Uh, but it was, it was uh, fear really that, but I had, a, a, you know, I knew that we could do spontaneous stuff and that that's the secret to our band was we spontaneously, we would just make up stuff all the time. So yeah, it, it wouldn't have worked. Uh, you know, I mean, he, here he is, you know, signing blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, all these studio musicians who—I mean, if if a fly crapped on a piece of paper, these guys would be able to read it. You know, they're very studied uh, artists, right. and we, we were a bunch of street kids. And uh, as far as I was concerned, yeah. Oh, and, that uh, reminds me. Another thing I had read, yeah. and I—I I, I, was—I wanted to ask you about that. Um, it said that you were known for impersonating some of your opening acts. Uh, uh, I yeah, yeah. What's an example of that? Because I can't imagine. <clears throat> when we started, we were opening up for acts like Mott the Hoople and Emerson, Lake and Palmer and, and acts like that, that had those heels and they had those neckerchiefs around there. You know, poofty, very, you know, really, uh, they looked like royalty. They, you know, they felt they acted like royalty, posing and, and uh, the, the 
guitar player in Mata Hoople had he these platform heels and there were goldfish and he had water and goldfish uh in his heels. Oh yeah, those big platforms. I, I, yeah, they had earrings like that too. I couldn't resist. I said, "What do you, how do you feed them?" And he said, "I don't know, <laughs> might I I that's one of me roadies. You know, they you know, but so we one gig uh, the opening act didn't show and so uh we decided to go out as our own opening act and so we we just dressed up as fancy as we could and played blues and other stuff and they hated us they boo get out of here boo you know and and ray wore sunglasses and he couldn't see his his eyes and uh his eye rather uh. and uh so anyway that's and then and then we waved at him as we were leaving the stage and came back out as ourselves <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just cr- crazy stuff like that well that's pretty and cool. uh yeah yeah yeah, we would Dennis and Ray and myself would do all the media, uh, you know, interviewing and things, and so it was it was good. It was very funny, you know, very funny times. Yeah, I I, I found I found it fascinating that a lot of the songs that Doctor Hook did were <clears throat> written by Shel Silverstein, because uh, yeah, well, yeah, I I bought the twenty fifth anniversary uh, edition of Playboy magazine, and. Uh-huh. Um, there was a Shel Silverstein poem. Well, n- right after the centerfold, I think it was Candy Loving. Did you know her? No. <laughs> but anyway, no. It, was a, it was a poem by Shel called "The The Devil and Billy Markham," and I actually right. memorized yeah, that, it. I, I used to perform okay. that poem. Oh, and what's interesting is later on, after I left the band, Dennis performed a one-man show in some place in New York City of the devil and Billy Markham. So there you go. Anyway, uh, that song I was telling you about the last morning, uh, Shell wrote, and uh, I wouldn't have joined a band that was gonna stay in small clubs. I just, I was, I already did that. I wasn't, you know, so, but uh, Shell Silverstein wrote this song and it was for a movie. It was going to be the title song for a movie, and it was. Uh, and we recorded it. And uh, it, it, there's a movie that, if you ever see it, it's not a very good movie. It's called Who Is Harry Kellerman and Why Is He Saying Those Terrible Things About Me? And yeah. Dustin Hoffman was the star. Yeah, I Jack never did Warden. see it, but I do remember the title. Because I used to start, okay. I, I, when I was on stage, I go, Who's Hal Cohen and why do they keep sending me his mail? So I sort of stole. Uh, I stole that. Yeah, you did. You did. Well, I'm not, I won't tell anybody. <laughs> uh, we got to be in the movie too. We're in it, and uh, we we played at the Fillmore East. Uh, well, let, uh, let me go back a little bit. Dustin wanted to wanted to hang out with us, and so we would go over and visit him on the soundstage, and he would hang out with us. And some nights he would come back with us to Union City, New Jersey and sit in the bar and listen to us. He just wanted to see what we were like, because uh, he was playing a guy named Georgie Soloway, who was, uh, had his finger on the pulse of the world, rock and roll-wise, and uh-huh. he was a hit songwriter and very, you know, he was hip. And he was looking to us to get his hipness. So he, um, he learns by osmosis, apparently. So he wanted right. us to hang out with. So we hung out with him, and uh, uh, he'd be over at the bar, and... Uh, 
we'd be taking a break, getting a, getting a drink and a smoke, and the and somebody'd say, "Doesn't that guy over there look like Dustin Hoffman?" And I'd say, "Yeah, but nah, he's too short. Hoffman's got to be, <laughs> you know, who says stuff like that." Uh, but anyway, um, we got to play at the Fillmore East on the night that the the New Riders and the Dead were playing. Here's the thing: Shell was singing on the stage, and we were backing Shell. And we see uh, it was a song called "Bunky and Lucille" about a junkie and his old lady. And Shell sees Georgie Soloway, Gustin, in the audience and invites him up to come sing his song with us. And he does. So that's in the film. And Shell wrote it, obviously. And Shell mm. wrote also The Last Morning, which is the title song for the film. And uh, too bad uh, that the movie was... <laughs> wasn't very good i mean it was well, well maybe it'll, maybe it'll enjoy a little resurgence now that we're talking about it and what's it, what's yeah. the title again because I'm, I'm gonna put a link if i could find maybe a clip or something on youtube i'll put a link yeah to that. good yeah. who's harry kellerman yeah um, and i think they've shortened it to that but the, re the rest of the title is and why is he saying those terrible things about me and um I, I won't be a spoiler and tell you why that title yeah, is yeah, like it is. Yeah, don't give it away. No spoilers. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I don't do that. I don't do that. Um, anyway, we went to the uh, the premiere in, in, in uh, the east side of Manhattan. Uh, the, the, I think it was a Translux. I don't remember the name of the theater, but it was uh, all sorts of stars were in the audience and there was a red carpet and these five hippies are walking down the red carpet. That's us, you know, and uh, <laughs> Robert Duvall, I got to speak with Robert Duvall and it was great. You know, if only the movie had been better, it would have been okay. But, you know, they're not all supposed to be fantastic, well, if, if I guess. They, if they were all good, you wouldn't know what, like a an epic when you saw it. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. That was the album from the uh, movie was put out on Columbia Masterworks. And that's how Clive Davis heard us. And that's why we got invited in for an audition. So I just wanted to circle back around to complete that for you, that picture. Now, I remember yeah. when I was listening to the, uh, to the Joe show, you mentioned something about um, the Dorsey brothers. Jim, you knew Jimmy Dorsey. And yeah, right. I wanted yeah. I wanted to just tell you my real mother, quick. Yeah, go ahead. My folks did. They knew him. Oh yeah, okay. So and they knew his brother Tommy. I uh, no, I never did. He was kind of standoffish. So. Oh well. Anyway, I I used to play in this little bar called the Chimney Sweep in uh, Sherman Oaks, California. I just just cover uh -huh. tunes, and there was this little old guy. We called him Uncle Phil. He looked like Columbo. He some uh -huh. sometimes we called him Columbo too because he wore, wore this long overcoat. And he had an invalid uh, wife. So he would come during happy hour and like stuff his pockets. He would put chicken wings in the napkins uh, and then stuff his napkins, full, the napkins uh, into his pockets to take home to his wife. You yeah, know, he, yeah. he, on a fixed income. But he, every Sunday when I played, Uncle Phil would come up and goes, do you know, you know, Bojangles? You know, so I always used to play Mr. Bojangles for Uncle Phil. Right. And right. every time I finished the song, well, oh, while he played, he would dance. He would like, uh, do yeah, his little yeah, soft yeah. shoe. And and then after I finished, uh, he'd come up to me and goes, you know, I used to dance for Tommy Dorsey. And it's like, tell uh, me every week as if I, he never told me before. Uh, it was, it was yeah, well, that's good. That, that That's actually healthy. 
um, people didn't think it was healthy. Ah, the old man and his memories. But actually, um, it's it's been shown time and again now that music, if, if if someone with Alzheimer's, if you play the music that they enjoyed when they were young, they respond to that. Yeah. The, the, mu- the music cuts through that. I loved fog. doing it, and he was very entertaining. So everybody very loved Uncle very, Phil. That's, that's we, wonderful. Yeah, and we turned a bli- blind eye to the chicken wings he'd walk out with. Cause, hey, what are you going to do? You know, the guy's got to feed him, his wife and himself. Yeah, yeah. So. And we, we always took care of him, or they'd make him fresh meatballs, whatever he needed. Oh, nice, nice. Very good, yeah. I keep coming back, too. <laughs> <laughs> I said, little soft shoe, I get meatballs. Hey, this is good. Right, right. singing, dancing for your supper. So now, did you, were you like the class clown? Because I noticed on on your Facebook post, a lot of humor, a lot of puns. Yeah. Uh, And I relate to that because I love, I love good play on words. Yeah, yeah, I I was, I was, uh, I was uh, the class clown and uh, uh, got expelled for making the kids laugh and, uh, uh, Mr. Jacobs, who was about five foot three and had this phallic baton. It was about five foot three as well. And, uh, he would conduct, <laughs> he, would, <laughs> he would conduct the band with the, with the, the phallic baton. And, uh, he said, I was making everybody laugh. And he said, all right, David, you are on symbols. And everybody went, Ooh, used to put J on symbols. <laughs> and, and I, and I thought, all right, okay, mofo. Okay. All right. So that Friday we had uh, assembly and uh, and it was 3000 kids in the high school I went to in Jersey City. And uh, so everybody was in the audience and the band was <laughs> the band was uh, was uh, in a semicircle and uh, we were going to play the national anthem <laughs> and uh, with those out of tune clarinets, which used to make me crazy. But uh, so he starts. And then, and then, and I started walking towards him, and he never saw me. Then, 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 and I came up off the ground with those symbols, bang, right in his ear. <laughs> and and the, the 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 baton went up in the air. He and the band kept playing. Then, 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 and I slammed <laughs> the symbols down on on the stage. And the kids went crazy, huh. and the band kept playing. Then, then I walked off waving to everybody, and that's why I got suspended. Well, uh, I guess uh, after you know, that he would relegate you to the triangle, so you couldn't. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I would have figured out something. But anyway, yeah, that's 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 what uh, who I am. <laughs> yeah, no, good. Yeah, good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we 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 did a lot of funny stuff, you know, in Hook as well. And uh, so now you know, you've got our, this. Uh, besides the song about the uh, shelter pets, now you've got this new one. Of, well, it's not that new one anymore. It's about two years old. The the cover of the AARP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's the album sold in ten countries. I, but you know, I'm talking about nine albums a country, but still. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I got no distribution. It, it's just word of mouth. And uh, when you buy them, you buy them directly from me. And so I sign them for you, you know. And uh, uh, yeah, the cover of AARP, because it, we all got older. I mean, everybody that read the Rolling Stone is now in their 60s or 70s uh, or maybe 50s. And uh, 
So have, I figured I'd change the song. Did you get? Did. Have you been tapped yet for the cover of AARP? No, I contacted them, and uh, I have a publicist, and she contacted them. But then for some reason, they got they got uh, uh, they're upwardly mobile, uh, or you know, I don't know what in the world that they're doing. Uh, but I'd like to. I'd like well, to you know, I'm right 66 thing. myself, so I read it. Uh, so, yeah, there you, you know, go. I, yeah. I, we can let's start this. Let's get this campaign. And you know what's going to happen, though? Just like with the Rolling what? Stone, they won't use your photo. They'll use a caricature. <laughs> I could. I'll live with that. Right. I'll <laughs> I, settle I, for I will that. live with that. Yeah, I will. I'll settle for a caricature of myself on the cover of AARP. So, yeah, you want to start a campaign? Why not? I'm with you. Now, how do the yeah. other guys in the band feel about Because I know like, when you do a parody, I'm, I'm not sure how that works. Like, well, I, Ray's passed away. Ray died last New Year's Eve. Um, Dennis is uh, well, Dennis is now ill himself, so he had he has a bunch of kids uh, doing our stuff, and uh, so it's uh, uh, he had to come off the road. And he's he, his doctor said he has to rest for a year, so I don't know what he's got. But um, and uh, George, I spoke with because uh, there's only there's only uh, three of us left from the original five. Billy died uh, about 10 or 12, 13 years ago. Uh, You're asking me, if you're asking me what they think about the cover of AARP, I have no idea. Yeah, I I was wondering if they, like, send a lawyer after you going, hey, you can't do that. Oh, no, 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 nothing like that. Uh, No, I gave Shell total credit. He wrote that, too. I gave him credit for the music, and, uh, but I, I, I wrote the words, so. Um, yeah, no, yeah, you did no, a fantastic yeah. job, and I, I, I've been playing it for my friends. So, uh, yeah, it's. Oh, cool, cool. I think, yeah, I think I think it's going to uh, you know start to um, get noticed again. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, that'd be good. I, I I should really start. You know, I, I recorded it. I I, I put it out and uh, sold a few copies here and there, and uh, but I never did a concerted effort to try and get on the cover but i sure would like that that would be cool so well i'll do what um, i can when i go to open mics okay i'll learn your version and so when i go to open mics around here in philly i'll i'll make sure i do that and of course i okay. I, I get hired to play retirement communities and whatnot oh, every great. now and then so okay well good well make sure you make sure you give me credit and um are you kidding uh, i'd be happy to Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Because if okay. I give you credit, I can then plug my uh, my um, podcast too. So yeah, I talk to them on on my podcast. You gotta oh, check it out. Oh so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay, very cool, very cool. So it all comes full I circle. Left, after, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm not touring or anything, uh, but I am still recording and. Uh, Days. Oh wait, one more question. I'm sorry. One more question about the uh, AARP. Who who's doing the deep voice on that? That is the drummer. Let's see. I used a, a band, a ukulele, an all ukulele band called the, the Ooks of Hazard, uh, are playing. And I forgot what the drummer's name is, but uh, he's a great drummer. And uh, and the blues singer uh, Janova Magnus is singing the last uh, verse with me and. Uh, She's singing the background harmonies as well. So uh, that's that's the personnel I used. What else can I tell you? 
in closing, if you have any projects that you're working on now or any, any. Well, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm working on my, uh, I'm, I'm going to be writing this weekend, I think. And, uh, and it's just, I'm working on another album, the next album. And, uh, uh, I appreciate our talk. I'm glad we're friends on Facebook. I'm glad you enjoy my. I do. I love your, I comment on all your stuff because I, I, it's right up my alley. I, I like, I'm thinking this guy's oh. just like me. He's got the same sense of humor. I hope I'm not bothered by <laughs> by posting all the time on your, on your page. The only thing that ever bothers me about when people post on my page is when they post those gifts or whatever that is that, uh, or uh, you know um, the emojis. Yeah. Or or yeah, the animated what, gifts. The animated gifts. Yeah. That that that's not an answer. I like words, and I would prefer to hear what people have to say you know what's in their heart and their minds type out the words to me don't don't have me look at a camel laughing <laughs> you know i mean you know I mean, yeah okay a camel laughing i, I delete those i don't yeah sometimes i do both then, yeah. if i find one that, that actually accentuates what, what i just said i'll put put them yeah both yeah i mean you my wife just said, "You don't have anything against camels, do you?" <laughs> no, I love I love camels, honey. Every Wednesday, I love camels. Humpy. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's a good thing you explained that because that went over my head till you said humpy. <laughs> uh, Very um, good. So yeah. So what 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 do you do for inspiration? You try to write songs with a humorous bent to to them, or or some are serious, well, some are the, funny. Just I I go there. I, I I go to humor. Humor is my default position. I I, I naturally go there. And uh, you have a little the, Ray the, Stevens in your blood. Yeah, sure. I I met Ray one day. Yeah, he's a heck of a piano player too. And uh, yeah. And when I was playing with Brenda, I met him. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you two should work together. Yeah. Huh? You'd be a heck of a team, you and Ray Stevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do a new version of Ahab the Arab. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, yeah, Republican song. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, brother. I'm. Uh, All right. Well, I'll I'll, I'll see you online. All right. It's been great, great, great talking to you. I had a great thank time. Thank you, Hal. Will you send me a copy of this? I will. You're good to talk with, brother. You you you, you give good interview. I like that. Oh, Very thanks. Good. You're funny. <laughs> All right, Hal. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Okay. I'll, I'll see you on Facebook. Okay, and we could do this again if you'd like down the line. Oh, that would be great. Let us okay, have the good. door open. All right, absolutely. It's it's so wide open for you. All right. Have a great weekend. All right, brother. You too. We used to read the Rolling Stone about the Beatles, but I'm still alive, and soon you'll see me on the cover of the ARP. On the cover of the ARP. Not a magazine for old people. Used to be rock and roll and the Beatles, but I'm still alive, and soon you'll see me on the cover of the and that, my friends, is Jay Davis from Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show and uh, his new song, which is a parody of uh, cover of the Rolling Stone by Dr. Hook, 
called Cover of the AARP. I hope you enjoyed that. And please, if uh, you'd be so kind, share this podcast with your friends. Go to the, web, uh, go to the website, talesoftheroadwarriors.com, and subscribe and put some comments there. Let me know that you visited. Let me know that you've listened, that uh, you might have a suggestion. It's too long. It's too short. Well, no, you're not going to say it's too short. Um, but uh, please uh, uh, participate in the conversation. Uh, one more time, I'd like to remind you that there's going to be a live version of this show coming up on Sunday, July 21st at 3.30. If you're in the area, you can actually go see the show. Still putting, uh, still putting it all together. It's going to be great. And that's all going to be happening at 530 South Street, uh, 5th and South in Center City, Philadelphia. In the meantime, I'm running out of things to say, which is probably a good thing. So I'm going for a drive. Yeah.